We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. It's been like Christmas at Pageant Planet this week, even though it's August. But we have a tech team that is working on so many amazing new features for our website. And this week, our tech team made Christmas come early for us. And what that means is we just launched this amazing new messaging feature that's never been done before. Okay. So tell us about that and how girls can access it. So I think for the past several years, customers, members, followers have been able to use our directory to find coaches or experts, hair and makeup artists, um, retailers, personal trainers, etc. But now we are giving our members, our contestants access to message these experts directly. So not like a Facebook message where it can be ignored quickly. It's like, no, this is a legit business message. You can send right from you directly to that person through our site. Okay. So um, can just any contestant send it through them or do do they have to be like a a member or something? Yeah. So this is twofold. This is members only. So this this is members from our virtual coaching level to our VIP platinum level. And that level starts at just $29 a month. So for $29 a month, you get access to send messages to any of our verified experts in our directory. So what does this mean? So this means if you are debating between two gowns and you want to get some feedback um, from some people uh, to see which one you should go with, you can literally select all coaches and send your two options to every single verified coach in our directory, which could mean you get a bunch of responses back, which is great because a judging panel is going to have different feelings as well. So this is a really good way to gauge thoughts. And the other thing is, say you know that there's a coach that works on your system and they've had like the last three winners. So clearly they know the system really well. You can send them a message directly and say, hey, this is my introduction. How would you rate this? And they can respond directly back to you. So you are getting like the best opportunity to get a lesson, get feedback, get guidance from the people that know best. Well, and so most of our members before, they only worked with you. Yeah. So um, now it seems like they are being able to work with verified coaches, but do they still have access to you if they want you to answer something specifically? Absolutely. I will always be available for any of our members at any level. Like I said, VC to VIP to platinum, I am here for you. And we're just here to make life better and more fulfilling for you. So if if you want to reach out to those other coaches, fantastic. We want you to get that exposure and that opportunity in a way that no other contestant that's not a member gets. That's great. Um, do you remember the link that they do to, to sign up or where they go to sign up or how they can find how to sign up about the membership? Yeah. So you can visit pageantplanet.com backslash prep, P-R-E-P. Perfect. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing Fadil Barisha, and we are going to be talking how he and you can break boundaries. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. 
Stephen, at Pageant Planet, we want to help you make the best first impression possible at your pageant. And in pageants, the first thing everyone sees before you even meet them is your headshot. And a headshot gives the judges and the audience a glimpse into who you are. Therefore, the message you convey with your headshot is the first thing you convey to everyone. So the most important part of having a great headshot is to have a great photographer. And I don't even think we can even start the conversation without Fadil. Right. I mean, and no one knows this better than Fadil. I mean, he's been in the industry for 35 years, and he's been instrumental in bringing out the glamour and fashion in the pageant world. And Stephen, you've met Fadil, haven't you? Yeah, a, a few times. And uh, gosh, I feel, the very first time I met him, it was in, it was like Rhode Island. And it was like, kind of like this pageant slash retailer mini convention, if you will. And um, I'd never met him. And they said, oh, Fadil, he's back there like doing headshots. Um, I was like, oh, what? I'd like to go meet him. So I went back there and he was, was kind of like in this room and it was dark. And it was, so it was almost like a locker room, um, if you will, or like a changing room shooting this girl's headshot. And it was the most like she looked so uncomfortable. Not that he was making her uncomfortable, but it was like. <laughs> You know, just her angle and um, and she was kind of half sitting on this little shelf and she was holding this, it looked like foil underneath of her or whatever. And then he went click, click. And then he said, look. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And she would like, her eyes just lit up and she's like, this is the best picture ever. Like I, you know, and so she went on to sing his praises. And so that was my first time meeting him and seeing him in action and super nice guy. And we exchanged numbers and like we had texted back and forth. And then I went up to um, see his new studio um, in New York. And then I think I've seen him a few other pageants, but yeah, he's, he's amazing. Well, we're going to get into the funky poses as well as the new studio in a bit. But I mean, I can just remember like it was always my dream when I was competing to have shot with Fadil and I haven't actualized that. But I know Sherry Shanley, our queen of marketing, was able to a couple of years ago. So it's still on my bucket list. I just think like you're right. He kind of changed typical pageant posing. And that's what we talked about, like when you mentioned brought the glitz and the glamour to the pageant industry, like where it was more of a fashion shoot. That didn't exist before. It was very standard, stiff pageant headshots. And then Fidel came around and just like totally changed everything. Yeah. And like you see his thumbprint and now you see like other photographers somewhat mirroring and uh, mimicking like his work, if you will. And it's it's done wonders for the industry. Yep. So I want to talk about his early life because it's, it's pretty unique for the pageant industry. Um, he was born in Kosovo to Albanian parents. Um, in the 60s, and even to this day, like he's extremely close to both Kosovo and Albania. Um, and we'll talk more about his involvement there. But at, eight, at age eight, they moved to Italy for a year. He started like to develop his passion for beauty and art. And I think anyone that's ever been to Italy can say that no matter what age they go, that kind of happens because it is so gorgeous there. And according to an interview with the Kosovo diaspora, faces were of great interest to Fadil growing up. He said in the interview, like as a kid, I loved faces, all faces, and I was gen genuinely curious about them. Mm, yeah, and one la later, he and his family then migrated to New York City um, at the age of nine, and his upbringing was similar of that of any like average immigrant family. Like, every mm -hmm. major decision, he recalls, like just revolved around money. 
right? Personal yep. finances. And after graduating from high school, um, Fadil, he attended the Fashion Institute of Technology, where he studied men's fashion design and photography. Mm-hmm. And when he chose to major in men's fashion design, his family, they were not particularly thrilled about that. Yeah, exactly. He was the first person in his family to study art, but the degree did very little to quench his thirst for art. And simply put, like he just didn't feel like he was in the right career path yet. And I do want to pause because this is a great coaching moment. And I like, I just want to say, like, don't let your roots define you. I've heard so many clients tell me they have had challenging upbringing, but they were afraid to talk about it because they didn't want the judges to judge them, ironically enough. <laughs> so I was like, encouraging those listening, do be the first in your tribe to take a risk for what you love and do share with the judges the hurdles you've had to overcome to get where you are. And your past doesn't necessarily define your future. And it's a huge part of your story and what will drive you. And Fadil, with him kind of saying like, hey, this isn't normal for people of my culture, but this is my passion, says a lot. Yeah, it does. And it is scary to step out, like in, mm-hmm. especially like you're trying to find yourself. You're not 100% sure when you make a decision for the first time around. You know, when you first make this decision, you're a bit insecure about it. Um, and if you've not ever seen anyone in your your life going a particular direction that you choose to go, it can be scary. Like, I mean, for me, I yeah. was from a small city in Belpre, um, Ohio, 7,000 people. My dad worked construction. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. None of my sisters did anything like pageantry related or anything like that. Um and really, like I had been single for a really long time too, and then it was like, oh, now he's doing pageants. Is he gay? You know, and my my family really like. I think Steve's gay. He just hasn't like said anything, right? And he's not dating, and now he's doing this pageant thing. Like, what's I mean, what you know? And I was a bit insecure about you know Pageant Planet when I first started um, because it deviated so far away from like what I was raised and what I was around Mm -hmm. and what I thought of like manhood and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so it really did help me grow as an individual by choosing this path and continue to choose this path. When did you know they were having those thoughts about you? Was it after the fact that they finally were like, Hey, this is what we were thinking all along. Uh, Well, were they open about it? No. um, Actually. So my dad, um, this happened pre Renata. So my dad said a lot of them were talking. I mean, he and I, we were um, drinking some whiskey and he was just like, yeah, I mean, we were, we were all talking and somebody said like, Steven's gay. And my dad was telling me, and I think that he was telling me like <laughs> this so I could open up if I was gay, but he was like, I just told him like, so what? I don't care if he is. He's still my son, you know, and Aww, it, it doesn't a matter. Nice way to go about it. It's amazing. It's really thoughtful. Yeah. And he is, uh, my dad is such a just big teddy bear and such a thoughtful human. And like, especially so much respect for my dad, especially what he came out of. Um, his parents were not those things, um, you know, and quite the opposite. I thought you were going to say came out of the closet. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I've met your dad. We were just, it was the tone of the conversation. I was like, where are we going here? Oh, got but- it. So, no, but a funny story is when Renata first came to meet my family, extended family and all that, we were walking out of my aunt's house because we have big family gatherings. There's like, you know, during Easter, there's like 60 of us to get together, cousins, nephews, mm-hmm. uncles, aunts. And um, we we're walking out and uh, my aunt 
stop Renata. She's like, oh, we're so very glad to have met you, you know, because for a <laughs> longest time there, we were really starting to think that Steve was. And then her husband comes in. He's like, OK, OK, we're leaving now. We're leaving now. <laughs> so it's all oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's an ongoing joke uh, in our family now. So, yeah. But yeah, so don't, moral of the story is just fly your own flag, do your own thing, and trust your instincts. There you go. Moral of the story. Okay. So back cool. to Fadil and him finding his calling. Yeah. Um, following college, uh, Fadil, he was driven by the desire to really just be exposed to different forms of, um, of art. So he met a New York photographer by the name of Donna DeMary, DeMary, uh, DeMary, uh, but who would like really later change his life. She helped Fadil realize his passion and his love for beauty. And the two traveled to Italy together and Fadil worked as a fashion stylist there. Yeah. He would study for hours and like spend time styling, observing Damari's photo shoots, secretly wishing he was the one taking the photos. And one day he finally asked her if he could borrow her camera for a session. And she actually agreed. And he said of the moment, I set up the camera, and the moment I heard the click, I found my power. The next day, I packed my bags, and I moved to America. Gosh, I, I feel like we all have those moments, like right before mm -hmm. you really find that passion, where you're watching someone else do what it is that you want to do, and you're like, just, yep. I want to work the camera. I want to be the one that shoots and clicks. Um, yeah, so totally relate with that. Um, so after Fadil went back to New York City in 1982, he began his career as a fashion and beauty photographer. However, the decision to pursue his true passion did not come without, his, uh, without challenges. Mm -hmm. And again, being the first person from his culture that was like taking that chance, like, it was something really new for him. And again, being the first person in the family to pursue art, he struggled to convince his family members that it was the right thing for him to be doing. And Fadil soon found himself at a dead end. He was evicted from his apartment shortly after becoming a father. He was forced to return home to his parents where he drowned himself in his work. And at one point, he was working three jobs that brought some financial stability, but very little joy to the family. Yeah. And this is a coaching moment here because like whenever you see someone like a Fadil and you see him where he is now, like kind of legendary in the pageant industry and working in Hollywood and all that stuff, you have a tendency to believe that he's always been there. And mm -hmm. then you're seeing your own journey when you're just starting off and you're experiencing all these challenges and hard knocks and it's like money is tight and you're not sure how you're going to make it there and all mm -hmm. these kinds of things. Right. So yep. it's really comforting to read or listen that he went through something similar. And this is like atypical of anyone that has a success story. I mean, like more often than not, those people had a really challenging startup. Mm -hmm. So moving back to his story, um, he could have really chosen to live a more comfortable life, but that was not in his plans. And during this trying time, Fadil received some life-changing advice. He said, the best advice I ever got was that you can never run away from yourself. And for mm -hmm. Fadil, like not attempting to run away from his true self, it finally paid off. And within six months, Fadil got himself a large studio and he's not looked back ever since. And I think what 
where this story really begins for us is in 2002 when Fadil Barisha became the official photographer for Miss USA and Miss Universe. And through 2016, he had photographed almost all of the winners as well as the photo shoots for all the pageants. So Miss Teen USA, Miss USA, and Miss Universe, amongst other national pageants. Yeah, and this was like when girls won um, Miss USA, Miss Universe, whatever, that was like a highlight for them. Was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I get to shoot with Fadil. Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, and I get to go to Miss USA. It's great too. And I get to mm-hmm. shoot for Fadil. <laughs> yes. uh, so in 2016, he disassociated with the Miss Universe organization, no longer holding the title as the official photographer. Um, and so I was talking with him at a studio about this actually before he did it. Um, and he was like, I'm just kind of contemplating stepping down. And mm. so we were just having a, conversation about it and I was like well like why he's like well he's like I I don't really need it there's not a lot of money in in that for for me because I mean he I mean as we're going to get into later in the story I mean he like (laughs) I mean he shoots for like the biggest names and biggest companies and brands like in the world right so he's like don't really do it that he's like I just I do it because I really care so much for the girls and I really just appreciate their beauty and I love making them feel beautiful. Um, he was like, and it's a lot of like work, like on top of his other just, you know, demands from these higher like paying companies, whatever. So ultimately he was like, and I've been doing it for so long. So he said, I just think it's time to kind of pass the torch. And so it wasn't like, you know, no drama. Like he like loved the Miss Universe organization and, you know, loved the girls. And that was what kept him in so long was yeah. because he was like, he's like, I would keep getting emails from girls like, oh, I'm so excited to shoot with you. Like this has been a dream of mine. Oh, no. So it was really hard for him. Yeah, I know to pull away. And like every year he was like, ah, I'll do it one more year because oh. of these, this title holder, whatever. And then finally he was just like, okay, I just... Yeah, kind of a, enough's enough. And so he passed the torch um, and he actually made the recommendation for the person who's the official photographer now. So, And like to your point though, like women worked their whole career, pageant career to like dream to shoot with Fadil. And even like Miss Universe 2016, Pia Wurzbach, like she really connected with Fadil and she said like, she posted about it when it was announced that he was no longer the official. And she said, you know, I love you forever. Our connection as a model talent and photographer is so in sync. And I didn't even expect it. You will have my heart forever. If you remember, I was the first candidate who introduced myself to you. I am your biggest fan. You have no idea how many times and how many hours I stalked your work. Same girl. Today, (laughs) I will bring my best friend, Harley Tan to the office and he will see that big picture of me with the title and the crown for the first time, I tell you now, there will be tears pouring. It was our dream. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just gosh, you can feel the emotion behind of it. Yeah. So, well, while he was no longer the official photographer, Fadil still works with Miss Universe and the winners. And he had a photo shoot with uh, Miss Universe um, 2018, Catriona Gray. Mm-hmm. And in a story published by Rappler, the photo shoot features Gray with little makeup and the iconic Miss Universe crown. And mm-hmm. Fadil said of the photo, uh, natural beauty, nothing but the crown. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, a beautiful caption, right? And like mm-hmm. Catriona is just like so timeless and like she's just such a class act. And it, it is like 
this is Fadil's heartbeat is to really take these kind of very natural looking photos, but just make women feel so beautiful about themselves. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pause for a quick coaching moment here. And this ties into what you were first saying about the awkward pose when you first walked into the room. And I would just say if it's Fadil or another pageant photographer that you just like, uh, Pia says like stock, um, use imagery to help you practice your posing. And I can remember during the 14 years that Fadil was the official Miss Universe organization photographer, I would look at like every single photo and I would like pick my favorites in a mirror and try to like recreate the pose. And now like I am a super awkward, super awkward person. And I wasn't always successful with like perching on the edge of the shelf, like maybe some others, but it did allow me to find versions that did work for me when I finally did get in front of the camera for my Miss International shoot or my headshot photography sessions. And not only that, it helps you get more comfortable moving your body and understanding what your best angles are, because what works great for Catriona probably doesn't work for Pia, just like it doesn't work for um, Olivia Jordan or Olivia Culpo. Like it's all about figuring out what works for you and the camera. Yeah. Love that. All right, so in 2005, uh, Fadil received another offer that changed his life and his career forever. He met the former owner of Rolex, and you may have heard of that company, oh, who, maybe. <laughs> who he now owns a frame picture of in a studio. And when asked what person who has made a significant impact on his life, he said this. He said, without a doubt, this guy, pointing to the picture. He said, he's the former mm-hmm. owner of Rolex. And 2005, he gave me a lifetime contract, lifetime contract to the company. Um, wow. And was a close friend till the day he died. That opened so many doors for me. And mm-hmm. Fidel has been the official photographer for Rolex ever since. So every time you flip through a magazine and you're seeing a Rolex watch, that's Fidel's work. So I have to shout out um, Angel Cameron on our team who does all this amazing research for us. And like, I had never known this until like I went through and I compiled this, the, like the outline for today. And I was blown away that it was Fadil that was doing all these amazing images. Did you know that before this podcast even? Well, I, I found that out when I was in the studio. And there was a lot of other companies that he he told me that he shot for, like Rolls Royce, like was, and I I, I know we're going to get into some other ones down there, mm-hmm. but like again, I, I think Ferrari was one, but th- there was a bunch of different companies that are you know top of the line brands. He's like, oh yeah, I shot them, and he has the magazines there. He's like, oh, cover of that one, cover of that one, because you know as a photographer, you know just like your trophies, just like a, a pageant girl has their crowns is like oh he keeps the magazines and um so it was just really cool to just sit there and just rap with him for a few hours about different stories of him shooting celebrities and you know different brands that he shot and it was just it it was really very insightful and i had no idea because you know i only knew him of pageantry and didn't realize that he had all this impact and all these like dream worthy, drool worthy like products <laughs> that you know you flip through magazine, you're like, oh my gosh! But right. he stayed true to his brand. Like he shoots beautiful people, beautiful products, and he brings out the beauty in them. I mean, he's probably got a Boss Rolex collection too, right? <laughs> you know what? He probably does. I didn't ask him, but I mean, I wonder if sometimes they pay him in Rolex. If that's part of the like, oh, and you get the newest model. I, I would accept. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it so. So I was just talking about this commercial a few days ago um, with some a friend from friends of mine. Do you remember the Trident Layers commercial, Stephen, the gum, where it was like this gum was like the newest thing. And it's like, 
I get paid in Trident layers. And it like zooms in on a guy outside, like doing electrical work on a pole. He's like, nobody ever pays me in film. And he's like <laughs> so do, yeah. sad. <laughs> So I, I do know that. Wow, I would rather get paid in Rolex than gum. But yeah, anyway, indeed. Well, so, so I mean, a, another side tangent story. But my um, my brother in law, his his business partner, like they're financial advisors. He, they do stuff for like uh, big furniture companies, and yeah, they, they part of the compensation was they refurnisher their all their homes, um, like TVs, all that, like the whole whole nine whole nines sounds like wow that's that's kind of cool that's kind of cool yeah yeah all right well today like you already talked about like you've been in the video studio so today he's been in the industry for 35 years as we said and he resides in the east village new york city and the entire uppermost floor has been turned into a photography studio surrounded by windows and an abundance of natural light because i do know that's how he loves to shoot yeah, completely. And the walls are covered with giant photos of Halle Berry, Tyra Banks, and plus countless awards, autographed photos, and souvenirs from people who have worked with Fadil over the years. His work has graced the pages of some of the most prestigious magazines, including Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Ellie and Nylon, and he's worked with networks including MTV, NBC, CBS, CNN, and E. And he's, he's photographed some of the biggest celebrities in the world, including... Snoop Dogg, Roger Federer, Kendall Jenner, Placido Domingo, Carmen Delora Fiche, Sharon Stone, Nick Jonas, Zendaya, Michael Bublé, Chris Jenner. I mean, the list goes on and on. And like you said, some of the brands, Rolex, Estee Lauder, Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus, Lexus, Bulgari, Miss Universe, and Sherry Hill. We talked about Sherry Hill last week, actually, two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, he's the exclusive photographer for Sherry Hill and all of her marketing assets, too, which is a giant in its own right, too. Yeah, and when asked what draws Fadil to people, he just said, smile, eyes, a good heart, and soul. Mm. Mm. So when you hear like Fadil's stories, like you wouldn't know that there was ever a time when Albanians were not a part of his life. But such was the reality. And at the beginning of his career, even, he tried to distance himself from his fellow Albanians for fear of being ridiculed for his career choices. So again, like kudos to him for really like stepping out of the expected. And this was a short-lived attempt for him to distance himself. And in 1997, early signs of the war in Kosovo had already started to show. Yeah, around this time, while Fadil was at a studio, a couple of young students, refugees from Kosovo, they showed up in the studio just totally unannounced. Mm -hmm. He refers to this day as the day that changed his life completely. The students had heard about Fadil, and they were seeking his help in raising awareness for a dire situation back home. Mm -hmm. They even brought along some photos documenting like, just massacres that were happening back in Kosovo. Well, and given that his work revolves solely around fashion and beauty, like he couldn't really fathom how he could possibly help them. And he said of the day that night, I went home and told my mom what had happened. We had a long chat where she shared emotional stories about our upbringing. And she spoke to me about the importance of helping these kids out. Yeah. The next day he got back to a studio, picked up the phone. And he told the students, you've ruined my life. I cannot eat. I cannot sleep. I had mm. nightmares and now I have to help you, but I just do not know how. And mm. um, despite the feelings of hopelessness, he vowed like he that he would help them in some way. And around this time, along with Avni Mustavaj, Mustavaj, uh, Tracy Aaron, Gary Kokolari, Donica Barda, um, he founded the Kosovo Relief Fund with all of those people, an organization that aimed to help families who had lost loved ones in the war. And he had nightly meetings, frequent post-Broadway show visits from the famous Hollywood star Vanessa Redgrave, who had expressed desire to help the way 
help the Albanians come together for a greater cause. Mm, yeah. In 1998, he um, bravely traveled to witness the Kosovo war firsthand, like he flew into a war zone. Yeah. Um, he documented the tragedy in a series of emotional photos. I mean, it's totally fadil. And mm-hmm. during this time, the war came to Kosovo capital, like where he was. And in an article covering the event by AP News, Fadil experienced the brutality of war. And he told the news outlet, he said, they broke down the door and they butted me with their helmets, like basically headbutted him with his helmets. And then they kicked me. Well, and with the other volunteers, like he planned to use the photos he had taken and received and created an awareness campaign. And they solicited the help of a Hollywood film director of the Albanian origin, Stan Dragodi, Dragati Dragodi, I'm not sure how you say it correctly, um, and having previously deemed too graphic, like those images, like they worked their magic and turned the massacre photos into a campaign. And however, despite raising hundreds of thousands of dollars, they couldn't quite cover the fees to run the campaign on a major newspaper. Yeah, and however, one of those days, a peaceful protest was organized in front of the White House in an attempt to draw attention to the Kosovo cause. And it was not much different from other protests, or so they thought. The following day, Fadil, he woke up to see a photo um, on the New York Times and a man holding up the sign that they had created and a reporter happened to take a photo of it. The photo ended up in print version of the magazine and Fadil believes it was the sign and the push that they needed to continue to fight for the free Kosovo. Mm. And he began working with talent in Kosovo. As soon as the war ended, he took it upon himself to showcase the Albanian beauty to the world. And he always asked himself, how can I get a girl that will never otherwise get a chance? And this is a coaching moment because I I don't think we actually like said it yet, but eventually Fadil really mentored the contestants in Albania and Kosovo to go on to compete for Miss Universe in a way they never had been able to before. So the coaching moment I want to take a pause for is set a tangible goal for your dream. And I teach our clients all the time. Like I say, okay, why do you want to be Miss Universe? And they say, well, I want to help others which is really hard because if you don't know how you're going to help others, how can you help them? So I, I always advise them to really think about what is the dream? What is the end goal? And what's one action item you can take to get there? And for Fadil, this specific dream was to give opportunity to those in his home countries that never would have had it before. So, okay, what's his action item? To become a mentor for the Miss Universe organization contestants. So set that first action step So you know you will achieve that dream of making the difference, of helping others, of sharing your story, et cetera. That's great. And like really with Fadil's help and guidance, like both Albania and Kosovo became successful Miss Universe participants. And a photo of Marigana um, Dragusha, the Miss Universe Kosovo 2009 and second runner up to Miss Universe 2009 hangs in the studio. When, and Fadil says, like, when Gona walked out on that stage, tears started flooding. I was so happy, but also so scared of her. People loved her, and they compared her to Audrey Hepburn, but I was afraid of a possible backlash from other countries who may have thought that I favored her. So I had to keep a distance. And when asked if he had any photos from the time, he said they're somewhere, but he's not sure since moving studios. Um, he also said at the time, I'd like to recall these moments without dwelling too much in the past. I don't like focusing on the past because you can get stuck 
remember the past and look to the future, which is really a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. And in 2010, Fadil launched his own glossy magazine called Eagle View. The publication is an in-flight biannual publication that aims to promote tourism to Albania, Kosovo, and Macedonia. It provides Mm -hmm. readers with information on what to do, where to go, and where to eat in each country. And it also features glamorous pictorials of celebrities from those countries. I don't know about you, but I always read the in-flight magazine. So I'm sure that wherever that's flying, it's getting a lot of viewership. Yeah, I'm the same. Even if I bring a book or I'm there, because like when it lands, when the plane lands, that's normally when I when I flip through. Um, right. Even Just if I waiting. don't, yeah. Even if I don't take the time to read all the articles, I'm certainly flipping through and seeing the advertisements, etc. Yeah, and in addition to the exposure that this magazine provides, he continues to give back to Kosovo and Albania by sponsoring upcoming models and photographers from the countries each year to help them begin their successful careers in a way he didn't have. And people people refer to his studio as the unofficial Albanian embassy, <laughs> um, which is very true. He said of his willingness to help others that it became a duty to me. I asked myself, why don't I help my people to give is gratifying. Yeah. And he has certainly like replic or certainly lived that message throughout yeah. his, his career. So um, for Albania, he has one important uh, Albanians. I'm sorry. He has one important piece of advice. Albanians are great to other people, but they're not always kind to one another. So we need to change that. He says, and I honestly feel like like one quick last coaching moment. I feel like that's a great message across the board. I mean, Pattern contestants are the same way. We are such a giving community of our time, our energy, and our passion. And then sometimes, I will say, like, we pageant industry has come a long way as far as being a nice people and, a, like, a welcoming people and, like, boasting on friendship and sisterhood. But still, like, this can always improve. So open your heart to your competitors um, and maybe they'll become friends. But I think we can always kind of look into people that we're closest with and try to embrace them further. So that was a great message from Fadil. Yeah. And deciding to follow your heart and passion is never like really the easiest choice. Mm-mm. But the one it is always the one that will give you the most fulfillment. Um, despite the early struggles in his career, Fadil persevered to become one of the most renowned photographers in the world. And after decades in the industry, he's considered an absolute perfectionist and adored by those who work with him. He's passionate about his trade. His love for his craft is made blatantly obvious in his photographs. And um, I'll just finish with this last quote. Um, He said of his work, my work is about beautiful feelings inside a person. I feel that when I am working, I pull all of those great feelings out. Mm, and thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Until next time. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.